Welcome to a brand new season of Shaped by the Word. Uh, this year we'll be doing the story of the prophets. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the podcast before the podcast, you should, as we kind of orient you to where the prophets are found, not only in your Bible, but where they are found in part of God's you know, redemptive story. Uh, one of the most exciting things about the prophets is they uh, provide a bridge between our Old Testament and our New Testament. And uh, the gospel that you you first have announced, you know, to Abraham, uh, that I will bless you and uh, make you into a great nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. Begins to shape, you know, take shape as the prophets uh, look ahead to the time when God will restore Israel. And of course, when we find uh, the prophets, uh, we find Israel in in, in deep decline. Uh, they've broken into two different nations. You have a northern kingdom and you have a you know a southern kingdom southern kingdom is you know just two tribes and northern kingdom are ten tribes and both of them will eventually come under god's judgment both of them will uh, eventually be conquered by foreign nations and uh, uh, the prophets are warning of the impending judgment coming but they always look beyond it uh, to a time of restoration and a time of hope so you have a wonderful message from the very beginning and the prophets that uh, God's judgment is always a call to repentance, and it's also a precursor to hope. And uh, those are beautiful. So we're, we're going to kind of grab these guys where they sit in history. We start in the middle of the 8th century, about 750 B.C. It's about 30 years before you know, that uh, northern kingdom will be defeated by Syria and almost completely wiped out uh, you know, in the process uh, you know, of doing it. And it happens to be a very prosperous time in the nation of Israel. And so we're going to meet, you know, three people who are prophesying in this time, you know, over, uh, we're going to meet, you know, Jonah, then uh, Hosea, and Amos. And uh, they're all prophesying, you know, about this time. And, and the first prophet we're going to do is Jonah. And Jonah is really, you know, not like the other prophets. The other prophets, you know, contain oracles, you know, the word of the Lord given to the nation of Israel. We have a wonderful prayer, you know, from Jonah, but uh, his entire oracle is just one sentence. And he's deeply disappointed because that one sentence actually has a grand effect. But the problem is, is it brings Israel's enemies, you know, the Assyrians to repentance. And Jonah would rather see them wiped out. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of a nice little book, rich in literature, rich in poetry. So let's start. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp, David Keefe, and Matt Kresge. Some of the same players from season one and from season <laughs> two. They're shaped, you know, by the word. And uh, as always, before we uh, before we dig into this, you know, let's just ask the Lord to meet us in our reading of His Word and to use us to enlarge our vision of who He is and what He has called us to be. So, Matt, do you mind starting the season off with a word of prayer? Yeah. It's not just simply one podcast, Matt. This is an entire <laughs> year. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time together reading your Word, knowing that you use your Word to shape us into your image and um, to, to bring us to be the people you've called us to be. And and so, Father, we, we not only pray for um, our reading today, but we pray for the season and, and this year of reading that, God, you would, um, that your grace would abound to us through your word, that we would um, behold wonderful things um, that you've revealed to us, and we thank you that you have spoken to us through your word. Now, Father, would you glorify yourself through our time together today and through our time together this season. Now, Father, use this for the building up of your body, uh, for your glory and our joy. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
We began the familiar story of Jonah with some themes that uh, may not be as immediately obvious and familiar to us. Uh, Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord set a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us uh, that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and a lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? Uh, From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, uh, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. See, he was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Thus the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, and he said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, that I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remember you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God, so love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So there we have the very familiar story. And of course, you know, one of the things that really stands out in the story from the very beginning is we have a, a, a prophet who uh, is running from God, and, and we have people who have no knowledge of God who end up uh, running toward him. So the characters that we really fall in love with with the first you know, two chapters uh, are, are, are not you know, God's prophet, uh, but these pagan people who have a greater mm-hmm. respect for God, greater kindness toward humanity uh, you know, than, uh, than Jonah does himself. 
It's really just a fascinating look at, you know, speaking of the prophets, and, and here we start with Jonah, you know, but you get the word come, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and go to Nineveh, that great city. And, and I think that's where the introduction you gave us in the beginning is really helpful, you know, because Nineveh is that kind of capital city of Assyria. I mean, these are mm-hmm. the, you know, the, they see this great city, you know, the kind of the enemies, if you will. And God says, yeah, that's the people I want you to go to for their wickedness has come up against me. You know, and Jonah says, no way. You know, and that's going to be one of those tensions that we see throughout the, the rest of Jonah's story is, you know, will Jonah obey God? You know, will he lay aside his idolatry mm-hmm. and obey God or will he, you know, continue to rebel? And by the way, we meet the historical character of Jonah in Second Kings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, we have Jeroboam the second, another you know the first king in Israel was Jeroboam. This is another Jeroboam. They're, they're not completely related, but uh, uh, Jonah prophesies the expansion and prosperity of Israel, in spite of the fact uh, you know that Jeroboam was not faithful to God in clearing away the high places and, and the worship of God. So you have this sense of you know prosperity where everything is you know going incredibly you know incredibly well, but underneath it you have the seeds of decay that are being you know sold. So a lot of people you know uh, talk about the historicity of this or you know whether it's a historical book or not. Uh, one is yeah, we have a, we have problem with the fish, and two, you know how can the how can the people of you know uh, Nineveh repent with a you know one word mm-hmm. very reluctant you know one sentence very reluctant you know sermon that we're going to catch you know tomorrow as we read and of course you know all the miraculous you know things that you see in it and of course if we begin with in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and uh, a miraculous worldview is something that we've already you know, been to the heart of. Mm-hmm. And this may go without saying, it may be kind of obvious, but it is it is interesting to see that Jonah's hatred for Nineveh and the, the people of Assyria are greater than his love or desire to be obedient um, to the Lord. And so it kind of mm-hmm. thinks he's just now put himself in the wicked category with the Assyrians. Yeah. And so yeah, he's a rebel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you the word wicked is one that you'll see a lot here, and, and Jonah's even going to accuse God of being wicked, you know, uh, in this. There's kind of an interesting thing that happens in the Hebrew, you know, this, this is such an excellent little book. I, I don't know, did, when you studied Hebrew, did you guys translate the book of Jonah? We did not. Yeah, this is one of the first ones we did, and there's some nice, nice little words there. But one of the things that you have in this first chapter is uh, Jonah keeps going down. And it's kind of a nice thing in the Hebrew. You know, first he goes down to Joppa. Then he goes down into, you know, the bow of the ship in order, you know, to uh, you know, sleep this through. And then he goes down into, you know, the depths of the ocean. So, you know, there's a downward trajectory that the Hebrew is playing on. And you're hearing those words, they're going down, they're going down, they're going down, they're going down, which is also what is happening in Israel. So uh, Jonah is a picture, you know, of Israel, you know, in this particular game. Uh, and then, you know, the, the the turnaround in this is in God lifted me up. Mm-hmm. So you have down, down, mm-hmm. down, up. And, of course, you have this great picture of God in his intervention. And it's a wonderful prayer. Uh, you know when you uh, you know when you find yourself in the digestive juices of a large fish, you, you just do some pretty sober thinking. 
And uh, you know, part of the prayer is uh, you know you did a lot of psalms and personal victory. You, you can hear some David in here. How you lifted me, mm-hmm. you know, from the mire and from the pit, from the root of the mountains. I love the vividness. Seaweed yeah. wrapped around my head. This yeah, is, he's living it. This is what I've gotten a little yeah. claustrophobic here all yeah. the way all the way through. Yeah. Oh, terrible, terrible. Yeah. And, and one thing I really like, and it's not always so clear, but, you know, all of, you know, Jesus even talked about in you know, Luke 24 that all the scripture, even the prophets, you know, are, are pointing to him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're speaking about him. And, you know, I really like the book of Jonah. Um, you know, Tim Keller has a, has a book called The Prodigal Prophet where he speaks of Jonah as this prodigal prophet kind of, you know, going against um, his heavenly father. And he kind of pulls out so many kind of little glimpses of of Jesus throughout Jonah. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them maybe are more imaginative, you know, than others. But, you know, one he just talks about kind of in this opening scene is, yeah, you do see the, these people, the, these these guys on the ship who are about to perish. There's this great storm brewing around them. Um, they try with all their effort to get back to safety, but they can't. And so, what do they do? Jonah's like, throw me overboard. You know, so he's kind of tossed away in order to save them. And, and then the, this, the 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 storm calms as Jonah sacrifices himself. And you know, it just um, possibly just a, a kind of a cool glimpse of us about to perish. We can't do it on our own. And yet, Christ is the one, the even greater Jonah. You know, that's that's thrown into the storm of, of God's wrath and judgment to save us. And you know, some of this stuff could be imaginative, but I do think there is these little glimpses of Christ all throughout this. Yeah. Yeah, well, you sure. do have, obviously, Jesus pointing to the sign of Jonah, mm-hmm. you know, just as uh, Jonah was in the belly, well, for three days and nights, so the Son of Man will be in the belly of the earth. And, and so there is a type of uh, Jonah being uh, brought back, you know, from death mm-hmm. to life in order to proclaim uh, you know, the glories of God and, and the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you, you never see Jesus, obviously, as a reluctant prophet. Yeah. No. Uh, but you do see the image of, you know, him uh, being brought from death to life to proclaim the glories and the resurrection and the salvation of the Lord, which is kind of that final, you know, line that you see, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the book of Jonah. So this is just, it, prophets are always going to give us more than we can chew yeah. mm-hmm. in these, but I hope you're getting a glimpse of just mm-hmm. how the story is so deeply rich and what they're you know, call, you know, calling to. So we have here Jonah, who is a, a pitcher you know, of Israel uh, running from God, and we have the Gentiles who actually, uh, throughout the book of Jonah, are embracing God, first the sailors. Yeah. And uh, then yeah. we'll see the city of Nineveh do the same. I think you've read the story before. I think you, you know where it's going, so it's not really a spoiler alert. Cindy, do you mind closing us with a no, word of prayer? No. Father, thank you for these words today, and may they um, penetrate our hearts and uh, move in our hearts, Father, by your Spirit to teach us, but then to also cause us to love you in a deeper way, Father, and, and for our faith and our trust in you to also go deep. So we thank you for this time, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.